Um, so anyway, with that, so let me talk a little bit about broadband. We have had this discussion before, and uh, it is an ongoing discussion. So we'll do kind of a quick recap as to where we are, and then I want to touch on a couple of things that we are moving forward to. First of all, we begin with the premise, you cannot have, you cannot have 21st century economic development, education, healthcare, or law enforcement without access to high-speed internet. And closing the digital divide is paramount. There are small towns and communities that struggle every single day to try to keep up to try to find a way to hold on to their hospital. We have had about 117 hospitals close across this country in the past couple of years that are in rural areas. One of the reasons, can't get healthcare professionals and they don't have access to high-speed internet, which means they have no access to telemedicine. So, you solve a lot of problems by backing up in the supply chain and saying, how do we get our arms around this? And when you talk to county mayors and city mayors and community leaders, they will tell you, we need access to high-speed internet before we need a four-lane road. It is the infrastructure issue of our day and age. A um, couple of things we have done, and some of you have sat in my office and heard me um, get on my soapbox about this. Um, RUS, uh, we put $600 million into the RUS to go out in rural development grants for unserved areas, unserved areas. That money is in the process of being distributed at this point. We had some entities in Tennessee that just got $2.8 million in uh, funds to expand high-speed internet into unserved areas. Why did we do this? It is because the broadband money that went out in the stimulus, what was the wording on that deal? Underserved. What happened with that? The money went to the big cities and you have gig cities and then you still have communities that have zero. So this is about parity and this is about access and about closing that digital divide and helping these small and underserved communities. We also, when I did the Ray Bombs Act, put money into the FCC's Rural Health Plan so that you can access some of those funds in rural and unserved areas. Um, we're also looking at what's happening with states. Tennessee, um, having served in the Tennessee State Senate, these guys are in pretty close touch with me and we work together in as I was making changes at the federal level with how we would address broadband these guys picked up the ball in Tennessee and they ran with it. And electric power co-ops can get into the broadband distribution. They've addressed pole attachments. Don't all of you love to talk about pole attachments? <laughs> Isn't it one of your favorite topics? Let me hear it for pole attachments. Um, 
um, they have addressed these issues and then they did initially $45 million over a two-year period of time to focus on this issue of rural broadband expansion and have just added a second tranche of funds to that. So what do we see happening in Tennessee? People apply for a state grant. Well, first of all, they go get them a partner in the private sector that can help expand this broadband. Then they apply for a state grant, then they apply for a federal grant, and all of a sudden they're adding miles of coverage. And this is an important component. And it helps to close these gaps. And in Tennessee, we're now at a point where there is only 15% of the state without access to high-speed internet. And these are not based on the FCC's 477 maps, which are a hot mess still. These are based on our state's uh, evaluation. I know, they are awful, aren't they? They need to be redone. So we are uh, continuing to work on that. Now, what are we going to do? A couple of things. Uh, that are in the works. The Internet Exchange Act, this is something that I teamed up with Tammy Baldwin on, and this will allow these Internet Exchange Centers to be located into rural areas and speed up this process of people jumping on to uh, high-speed Internet and we think the benefits of that, when you look at e-commerce centers, when you look at the access to health care, allowing this to happen is going to make a difference. Also, Susan Collins has been working on legislation that is well-placed, and there again, doing it in a bipartisan manner, that is going to put additional funds into the FCC that will be for unserved and rural areas, not urban areas. And this will be another tranche of federal funds that will help to close this digital divide. We, uh, one of the things that we're paying close attention to is um, population migration. Uh, you all may have seen uh, the Wall Street Journal and a couple of other periodicals have reported lately on millennials are moving to where? Small towns. And they're doing that because they want their children to grow up in a community where people know them. And they feel like it is safer. I say we're into a new generation of security moms. And it is about uh, job security and economic security and keeping their children safe. It is about retirement security for elderly <coughs> relatives that they are dealing with. So millennials are not gravitating to your major population centers. They are moving away and how do they want to work? From home, online. So. This is one of the reasons for, and one of the benefits will be what will happen with e-commerce because of this. And what happens as we reshape that flow of information and services and goods 
around the country. Not necessarily always using the interstate, but using high-speed internet to, to make this happen. Um, there is another thing that we're working on that ties right into this, and some of you are very interested in this issue, and it is what I have dubbed the rural health care agenda. And I've got a great partner <coughs> in part of this. Dick Durbin is working with me. And in order to get healthcare into rural areas, uh, we've got the American Rural Health Care Health Corps. And we have legislation that will incentivize uh, medical schools to get their interns and their residents into rural areas and then incentivize doctors and um, NPs and PAs to practice in rural areas. The second bill is legislation that is an innovation fund that will allow for freestanding urgent care centers and new ways to deliver health care in these rural communities. You've all read about a community that lost their hospital and then what happens next? They begin to lose the factory. They begin to lose the workers that are there. And that, so an innovation fund and the third is to incentivize uh, health care. Now, we uh, are to incentivize telehealth. Also, uh, I'm leading this tech task force at Judiciary Committee, we are looking at the issues of privacy, data security, competition, antitrust. We're looking at prioritization and censorship. And we've had three meetings uh, continuing to work on this in November 13th. Uh, Commerce Committee is actually going to hold a hearing on privacy legislation that is out there, including the Browser Act that have worn some of you out with the Browser Act, uh, talking about it, giving you, the consumer, the right to control and to own your virtual you, you and your presence online, owning your data, and putting guide rails in place for the big tech companies. With that, Jim standing up, it means it's question time. Very good, thank you, Senator. Ashley, you did such a great job with your question. You get the, uh, with the introduction, you get the first question, excuse me.